Welcome back to Blue Skies and Green Pastures. Hope you're having a lovely day. Today we are going to talk about overcoming fear in an age of anxiety. And this is a topic that I have a lot of experience with. Uh, if you talk to my mom, you'll find out that even the memories I don't remember, um, I've, I was a fearful child. And I don't know why. I don't know if I was just born that way, or if something happened to scare me or whatever. But I've pretty much been afraid all my life of kind of things that were not likely to happen. I mean, and then on the other hand, I've been, you know, reckless or... Um, not afraid of things that I probably should have been afraid of. So I think, you know, there's got to be reasons for all that, but um, let's just dive right in. So why do I call it the age of anxiety? Well, I don't really know, think that requires a whole lot of explanation. All you have to do is look around and you see people are terrified of the, vac the virus, or they're terrified of the vaccine, they're terrified of the government, they're afraid of inflation, they're afraid of um, the cancel culture mob getting them, they're afraid of cens censorship, they're afraid of the future, so many unknowns. I mean, yeah, there's all you, I mean, and, and I, I'm, I recognize that not everyone is because when I say everyone, I know that that doesn't mean 100% of the people. <laughs> so if you're listening to this and you're one of those people that nothing bothers, then you may not like this episode. <laughs> but, you know, people who are afraid tend to kind of find each other and they, we feed on each other's fears, right? So I've noticed that and it's not good. I mean, as Christians, we shouldn't be feeding our fears. We should be feeding our faith, right? So how can we do that? Well, one of the main ways that you can overcome fear is by making yourself do things that you're afraid of. And Eleanor Roosevelt, who she has her problematic uh, points, but one thing she said that was very true is the thing that we are afraid of, that's the thing that we must do. And yeah, I'm sure there's some, you know, some asterisks to that quote, you know, like we can't jump off a building or something. But a lot of times that that statement is very true. But and this is the reason why the one thing that you feel like, oh, I could just never do that. That thing is what is holding you back from the growth in your life that could very well change your life. And how do I know about that? Well, because I have overcome that, you know, I've done that thing several times in the past. Uh, let's just, let's just give a little testimony. Starting in 2011, 
in 2011, my church at the time, uh, the kids were going to go on a youth group trip, okay? And I've never, at that time, I had never been on a youth group trip. I never went on trips with groups, um, you know, in my, when I was a youth. So here I was, an adult, and my son was the one who was the youth. And for some reason, I, you know, it's it's all about God. He wanted me to go on this trip. This was something that terrified me because I my my self-esteem was so low, my personal social skills were so bad and just my fear of the unknown of I I w- I didn't know what would be expected of me. I didn't know what we would, we would be doing. You know, I had all these fears. But for this time somehow I stepped out in faith and I went on that trip and I really count that that experience of of stepping out in faith and going on that trip which was awesome um is a turning point in my faith and really that whole time period my faith just changed rapidly and actually probably a little bit even before that things were starting to change so I just want to encourage you that even if you have led a fearful life where you have avoided ever getting out of your comfort zone if you have avoided um you know participating or signing up, volunteering, whatever your fear might be, just because it was just so terrifying, you just there was no way you could do it. I want to encourage you that God can change that. So if you just start trusting him with the small things, he will take care of those big things later. And so what were some of the things I did before I went on that trip? If I, if my memory is correct, I think this is right. Um, I started helping out in other ways at the church. And this was also stretching me. Even though I wanted to do these things, they still made me nervous. Just because I was always had this fear of being judged. Fear that I wasn't going to do things right fear that I would make a mistake and be embarrassed. And and that's very typical for people with anxiety. I know this because I've since, since those years, I've met a lot of people with anxiety and I see that we have that in common. We do, we hate the feeling of anxiety so much that we will avoid anything that causes that anxiety, right? So I would just avoid those situations. But for some reason, and I call that God, and, you know, I believe that that's God, he was pulling me along, and I was starting to trust him. And this was during a time period when I had so many, so many, like, difficult things going on in my life, yet God was growing my faith. So, 
difficult things don't have to mean that you that they make you stronger. If if you believe in God, if you will like entrust yourself to him, even if it's very small things. So what are the some of the things that I did during that time? I started volunteering for uh, children's things like uh, vacation Bible school because that was something, you know, that, that came naturally to me. You know, I had little children and it made sense and I enjoy working with kids. That's pr- pretty much my life's, you know, uh, mission has been working with children. And yet, so you would think that that wasn't a big deal. But underlying it, there was all this unknown, you know, unseen anxiety that other people didn't know about. So I went ahead and did it. And it was a great experience. And um, then I also signed up to teach Sunday school. My husband and I were teaching the little kids. I think they were um, three years old up to five, I think, three to five-year-olds, something like that. So that was, that was like something that caused me anxiety because I don't like commitments because part of my problem is that I have a hard time doing the same thing over and over again. So I don't want, plus also I don't, when something comes up, you know, I don't know. I just have a hard time committing and knowing that someone is has expectations of me when I may not be able to do it and that's going to put me in an uncomfortable position causing me anxiety and so on but I did it I took the plunge I I told you know the children's director that I wanted to teach Sunday school so that was actually a really good thing that lasted for a while until some things, you know, changed and, you know, we quit doing that. So that was a second experience. And then I took, I went on the youth group trip again. And this time I was, I wasn't scared at all. So that's the thing is when you put yourself in these difficult situations that you, you, you kind of want to do it, you know, you know that you should, and you want to, but you're afraid, after you do it, you're like, why Why was I so scared? And then the next time, you can do it. Now, some things may take a little longer. For example, public speaking. That's another thing that has always terrified me. And after one of those um, trips, one of those youth group trips, the youth pastor asked me and the other you know, people to go up on stage in church and say a few words. Well, for some people, that is no big deal. They love doing that or it's neutral. For me, you may as well have just like killed me then. I was like, no way, I can't do it. But I knew that God wanted me to do this and I had to make myself do it. And Long story short, I got up there. I thought I was going to faint. My legs were noodles. I could literally, I was like afraid my legs were going to give out because I was having a severe anxiety attack. And I mean, I was sweating. I was having trouble breathing. 
Now, I don't know if anyone else could tell that, but internally, that's what I was going through. It was so hard. And I said my thing and, you know, and then it was over and somehow I got back to my seat <laughs> with my noodle legs because they, they just felt like they were going to give out. And if you have anxiety problems, you understand that. Once you get that rush of adrenaline, it it affects your whole physical body. That's what, if you're listening to this and you don't have anxiety, you may not understand the physical part of it and how it affects you physically. It's not just thoughts in your mind. It's a, it's a physical response. And so anyway, I made it back to my seat and I did not magically get cured of my fear of public speaking. But it was an experience that I had in my toolbox for next time. And the next time was when my good friend, Missy, asked me to give a little talk about running and my faith life. And I did not want to do that. I, Even though I loved the people I was going to be talking to, it was just that fear of standing up in front of someone and talking and being able to, you know, get the words out. So I agonized and agonized and I wrote and I wrote out a speech and and I had note cards and everything. And I just, I mean, down to the last minute, I was just, you know, very close to calling her and saying, no, I can't do it because I had so much fear and I just didn't want to make a fool out of myself. I didn't know if I could even physically do it without just like falling apart. Well, somehow I managed to do it. And after that moment, I, you know, all the ladies told me how good it was. And, you know, and and that was, you know, very wonderful to hear that they thought I did a good job. But they just had no idea that the torture that was for me, you know, to do that. But I know that that's what God wanted me to do because it it did help me grow in my faith and in my like self-confidence. Like, okay, dummy, (laughs) you can do things. Just, Just get over it. But of course, if you have anxiety, you know it's not something you just get over. So anyway, I have that second experience of public speaking. So... This makes me remember how when I was in high school, you know, I actually had to take a class called speech. And I mean, I think I barely passed that class because I just didn't do the speeches. I mean, I wrote down, you know, I wrote them, but I like would refuse to get up in front of the class and give them because I just had so much anxiety. Now, you know, I wish now I wish that I would have been able to overcome it in high school. So if you're listening to this and you're in high school and you're refusing to do the speeches, I hope that you will listen to my next suggestion so you can give those speeches and you can get over that fear at a younger age. So what what is my suggestion? Well, I would suggest take some medication um, because one of the main things that we're afraid of when we have anxiety is that physical response. It's so uncomfortable. It's so overwhelming. 
to have that adrenaline rush and the sweating and the, you know, heart palpitations and the weak legs and the dizziness and, you know, sometimes people's ears ring and I mean, all kinds of things, right? Your, your blood pressure rises. Um, so I suggest ask, you know, talk to your doctor, tell them that you have this severe anxiety, that you're trying to overcome it and you want to be able to do your speeches in school and ask them if there's like a medication that you can try that you only take as needed. I, you know, maybe you're already on anti-anxiety medication, so that should help you. But if you're not, then maybe you can even try just taking Benadryl because Benadryl is not just for allergies. Uh, Benadryl really does help with anxiety. So you could take a Benadryl before class and that would dampen the, um, the adrenaline response. But also, you know, if that's not enough, talk to your doctor. You could also try Dramamine. So whatever you can do to get through the experience. And then when you're done, you have to tell yourself, you know, look, you, you did it. You survived. Good for you. See, the, you didn't die. You know, your body tried to tell you that you were going to die and make you run away, but really that was, that was not true. So if you can overcome, you know, those responses, then you can, you can do it again. And the more times you can do it, the more times you can do that thing that you're afraid of, the better you get at dismissing those thoughts when they try to rise up. So that brings me to my next thing. And that is trauma. So I don't know if my fears are trauma related or maybe they're, they're come from my mother's trauma. Who knows? I don't know where your fears come from. But the thing about our brains, our brains are very fascinating, is that they store these experiences in our memories that we don't, we may not even remember what happened, but our bodies do. And I really haven't studied into that, so I'm not going to go into any details. But I can tell you for a fact that it's true, because it, it happens to me. So... When you're trying to fight to overcome these fears, you're literally fighting your own body because your body says, no, I'm trying to protect you. You're in danger. And, but the reality of the situation is that you're not in danger. Uh, so you have to overcome those, your brain. Um, now, if you are fully, if you're aware of the, the trauma that you've been through, then I do suggest getting some counseling and helping, you know, getting some help working through that trauma. Because the trauma is going to hold you back in so many ways that you may not even be aware of. You know, your relationships, your goals, your happiness, your faith. You know, even if you're, if you believe in Jesus, you're a Christian, you can still, you know, suffer from severe trauma. And one thing that happened to me is when my husband had COVID so bad is I really, you know, my own anxiety grew so bad. And yes, he was very sick. 
I'm not exaggerating how sick he was. He was in the hospital. He was on a uh, a mask that forces oxygen. It's the next step below being, you know, on the ventilator. And he was um, he was so weak he couldn't walk. You know, he was really sick and getting worse. So it was not you know me just being irrational when I was afraid for his life. It. It was a valid fear, but for someone who has anxiety, it was pretty terrible. But thank God, God did carry me through that with the, you know, good friends. And I mean, the whole town was praying for us and all our relatives. So God covered that and we got through it. But my body remembers. And uh, shortly after that, I just, I was going to go on a trip and forgive me, I don't, think I ever talked about this, but uh, maybe I did. I had to go to the airport and I had to go over a very high bridge and I wasn't thinking about it. And But when I got on top of that bridge, it was like it activated some fear in me that I wasn't even aware I was like under the influence of from my husband's illness so it was kind of like PTSD. So I got up on this huge bridge and I started driving slower and slower and slower. And I mean, I barely made it off the bridge, but I did. And then I just like, I don't cry normally. I hardly ever cry. I mean, and I almost started crying because I was just like, you know, so freaked out by the fear. I was afraid of the fear. So it was fear of fear. I was up there. I was like, what am I going to do? I'm going to be, I'm going to pull over my car and I'm going to be trapped up here on this bridge. So it was like, I was stuck between two fears, the fear of not being able to get off the bridge and the fear of driving on the bridge. So that led to me suddenly realizing, oh no, what am I going to do next time I need to go to the airport or anywhere in Houston? I'm going to have to drive on these bridges. And, and we call them flyovers. And what they are is they are like very high overpass, like freeway bridges. They're huge. You can Google flyover Houston, flyovers in Houston. And you can see videos of them, like go to YouTube. And and I was like, I've been driving on these flyovers all my life. I was raised in Houston. I'm a city driver. Now suddenly I have a phobia of driving in Houston. So this is not good. What am I going to do? So it became a new battle that I had to fight with God and with God's help, you know, I went to Houston New Year's Eve and I was able to drive on two flyovers by talking myself through it. You know, like I just was literally talking out loud and I got over the the two flyers, flyovers. Now they were not the highest ones. And honestly, I'm still nervous about having to go over the highest level because there's some that are super high and I was more like on the the middle one. So anyway, it's crazy how our brain will develop new fears 
you know, even while we are working on old fears. So what old fears did I work on? Well, I worked on the fear of heights. And how did I do that? By forcing myself to go on, uh, go hiking on trails where I knew I was going to be forced to go on very high places, mountains, and, um, you know, face my fear, which I'm not exaggerating, was a was and is still a, a very real fear that, you know, every time I go for a hike, I have to deal with it again. But the more times I do it, the more memories I have, okay, I did this before, and I didn't die, I know what to do, so I can, you know, use that memory of not dying and, you know, tell my brain to just stop, you know, stop thinking about it. And this is where I have to give my sister uh, a big shout out because she had a fear of heights too. And she started working on her fears before I did. So she was, she has been, you know, the one that's been pushing me along or pulling me along, um, you know, to face these fears. And, you know, it's funny because we both have them, but when we're together, we we fight them together. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. And so what one thing that made me think about doing this topic today is that uh, I want, I'm going to go on a trip with my sister like I do every year. And so she said, Hey, I, there's this trail that I want to do and look at it up on Google and let me know what you think. So I look it up and it is a trail that is, has seven bridges that are like 200 feet high bridges that you have to ride your bicycle across. <laughs> it's a former uh, railroad trail or, uh, you know, it's a railroad route that has been, it's called a rails to trails and you can ride your bike on it. Plus it has a 1.7 mile long tunnel, pitch black tunnel that you have to go through with a headlamp or, you know, a uh, uh, a, a light of some kind, which I also hate tunnels. So I, I just had to laugh when I saw, I was like, okay, <clears throat> this is my sister's, you know, next <laughs> uh, personal thing. You know, she's going to make me overcome these bridges with her. And, you know, so she said, you know, fear is just in your mind or whatever. And, you know, it's not real. But the thing is, we both know that it has real effects on your body. And so I told her that I would do it because I know that it's going to be hard, but I also know that I want to defeat these fears because I love the mountains and I'm not going to let I'm going to I'm not going to let fear 
prevent me from traveling and seeing these beautiful places. And speaking of that, 20 years ago, or not 20 years ago, uh, 10 years ago, after the youth group trip, during that time, I also became a runner. So I overcame the fear of being in front of other people by getting out and running races. And I know that this is something that a lot of people have anxiety about is they want to run races, but they're afraid for people to see them. They're afraid to do it wrong. They're afraid to wear the wrong clothes. What if I fall down? What if I'm last? What if I'm the last person in the race? So they have all these what ifs, what if, what if that prevent them from doing what they really want to do. And maybe that's you. Maybe you want to get out and run a 5K race and not just run on a treadmill at home where no one can see you. Maybe you're afraid of people seeing your body and you're, you think that you're not good enough. And I just want to give you some encouragement that there are thousands and millions of other people just like you. They, you know, they might be overweight. They might have disabilities. They might have be not, you know, the, the standard of beauty that other people have that you see on Instagram or whatever, but they get out there and they run those races and they have a great time and you can do that too. You just have to start, you know, you pick a small race or maybe a big race, pick a race that, um, you know, go to a town where no one knows you do whatever you have to do to get through that first one and join some running groups on Facebook or whatever social media platform and get to know all the other people that have anxiety about racing and find someone and, and do it with them, you know, and start to overcome your fears because they're not rational. You know, they're holding you back from enjoying life. And so that's what I did. I ran the first race. I was really nervous for no logical reason. You know, there was no reason for me to be nervous, but I was. And I almost didn't do it, but I did do it. So that's why I say God has been helping me along all these years. And he made me go do that race because, you know, in the in my mind, I knew. In my spirit, I knew that I that there was no reason that I couldn't just go and do it. So I did it and I had a great time. I mean, it literally changed my life. So that's what I'm telling you is there, there is something out there that if you do it, it will change your life. Like when I ran that first race, it was so amazing. I I felt so amazing after doing that race. And it was just a tiny race. Like, I don't know. 20 people or 30 or something, maybe 40, 50. And I went, I went online immediately and found another race and did another race the next weekend. And then I started racing like once or twice a month for that, that whole year. And then by the end of that year, I ran a half marathon. And then the next year I ran a marathon. And then I, you know, I've now I've run multiple marathons. I've run 50 mile races. I've run 120 miles all from that first 5k race. 
and y- yes, I still suffer from from some, you know, problems, some fear problems, but not when it comes to running. That is the one thing I'm not afraid to do. So, you know, whatever it is that you are not doing, even though you really want to do it, but your anxiety is holding you back, you know, if you need help with that, if you need help conquering these fears, you know, reach out to someone and get the help you need because life has so much more to offer to you that that you can't just like, you can't just not live. There's just too much out there. So what about the current fears that I mentioned at the beginning of this? Well, viruses, vaccines, the economy, and all that stuff, we have no control over those things. So even though I I do like follow that information, I'm I'm not letting that stuff control my life. Okay? I'm interested in politics. I'm interested in e- e- the economy. I'm I find that stuff really interesting. So yes, I do read about it a lot and actually I love history. So that's nothing new for me. But if that's something that you have become obsessed about, even though it's not something you, that you really find interesting, but it's just something that terrifies you, I suggest that you try to go a day without reading about it. Try to, you know, maybe you signed up with a whole bunch of Facebook pages or rumbles or whatever, you know, all kinds of accounts. There's so many fear-based social media accounts out there that just feed people's fear instead of their faith. I encourage you, instead of that today, watch some motivational videos, watch some sermons, read your Bible, listen to some devotional podcasts, Look for something positive because you have to change your brain back to believing that there is hope, even if it's even it's gonna if it's gonna be a while. You you can't just live every day with those negative thoughts in your mind. That's not trusting God, you know. Even when the Israelites were surrounded by armies, even when they were dispersed all over the countryside even when they were hungry, God was still with them. God had a plan and the people who were faithful, you know, he was taking care of them. Yes, sometimes they got put in prison, but even then God had a plan and God had a, has a plan for us. If you belong to him, if you are his child, he wants you to trust him. And that that goes for your daily life, not just your eternal life. It goes for how you, you know, the choices you make in life. Like, are you going to go on that youth group trip? Are you going to go run that race? Are you going to go climb that mountain? Are you going to talk to that that person at work that you want to get to know? Are you going to talk to that kid in your class? You know, um, are you going to uh, start a business? Are you going to write, start a new blog? Are you going to write a book? 
Are you going to try to lose weight? And why do I mention losing weight? Because sometimes we we stay overweight as a defense against the world. Like, you know, making personal changes is scary and whenever we stay overweight, that that makes us feel safe because then or it can also be, you know, there can be other eating disorders. You can stay like extremely underweight. So in other words, using food as a control mechanism to control our fear. And some people do self-harm. They they use that to control their uncomfortable feelings that they, it gives them some sense of control. And there's also drug and alcohol abuse. There's shopping, there's social media addiction. All of our addictions can be traced to basically numbing those uncomfortable feelings that we have. And usually fear and loneliness are the two main feelings that we don't want to feel. So fear has to be replaced with love. And that's God's love for us that we know, we know he, we know he loves us, right? Because he died for us. And one way to overcome your fear is to really dive into your Bible. And when you read it, be sure to read it and ask God to help you understand it. Um, In other words, pray before you read it. And don't read it like it's a uh, textbook. Read it for what it is, which is God's message to you. God is talking to you. He has a message for you. And the Holy Spirit is going to help you understand what that message is. And as you draw closer to God, as you just like really seek Him, instead of seeking to numb your feelings, He will replace those those uh, fears and those loneliness and those uncomfortable feelings, he will replace that with the peace that is supernatural, that only God can give us. And so that, you know, that's my final thought on that. I just, I just urge you, if you're not a Christian, you're never going to be able to overcome fear because fear is from the devil But when Jesus died for us, he overcame the fear of death and and the power of death. So if you think about it, most of our fears, it's like it's our body trying to preserve our lives. It's a self-defense, self-preservation, right? But when we, when our faith is in God, then we can begin to overcome those fears. And even though, you know, I'm a strong Christian, my body still hasn't, you know, gotten with the program, so sometimes I still have anxiety attacks. <laughs> but through faith, <clears throat> I'm able to get across those bridges. So, anyway, um if you want to talk to me about this, you know, I will be happy to to communicate with you by email. You can send me an email at blue skies and green pastures blog at gmail.com. 
And um, I, so I don't check that one, you know, that often, but I will try to remember to check it. And, and or you can go to my blog, Blue Skies and Green Pastures, and just comment on any post there. And I'll see that, you know, I do check the comments regularly more than I check my Gmail. And I will, you know, be happy to get in touch with you that way. If you want to talk about overcoming fear or any other topic. So I thank you for listening to this podcast. If it was helpful to you or you think it might help someone you know, please share. Please subscribe on your favorite podcast app. Anchor is not the only one, even though I use Anchor as my host. And you too can make your own podcast through Anchor. Um but I'm also available on Apple, Spotify, all the others. So if you're on Spotify, go on there and type in Blue Skies and Green Pastures and you can follow me there and all the episodes will be right there available for you on Spotify. So thank you so much for listening and have a blessed and fearless day. And remember... The thing that you think you cannot do, that is the thing that you must do. Bye now.